lovelies, and welcome to another edition of LGBT In The Ring, your rainbow bastion for all things pro wrestling. I am your host, Brian Bell, here with you once again on the Outsports Podcast Network to run through more wrestling goodies for all of you lovely listeners out there. Um, this week, um, the main topic for the show is actually somewhat... Um, I hesitate to say somber based off of the the uh, circumstances that we're living in now with COVID and the continued fights for racial um, equity um, that surround, especially here in Portland where I live, where we are going on close to 70 days straight of protests downtown. Um, but it, it did strike a little bit of a, of a sad note to see... Um, the announcement that the Shoney's in Ackworth owned by, um, I guess still sometimes a professional wrestler, but longtime professional wrestler, uh, Scott Steiner, um, go out of business on Sunday, um, due to the COVID-19 pandemic. Um, it, it, it sucked to see. And, um, it also sucked because like I used to live in Atlanta and, um, that place holds a significant memory because um, it was one of the last places that I went with uh, some of my closest friends back in Atlanta before I moved. And that it holds a special place in my heart, uh, the memories that are associated with that. So, yeah, um, luckily I was able to have one of my friends that did go um, with me on that night, uh, that little pilgrimage <laughs> that we had to the Scott Steiner Shoney's, um, on the show today, Hollis Adler, who has been on the show before, um, we used to do our, a show called Open Till Midnight together, um, we were on to talk about, uh, queerness in the Marvel Cinematic Universe before, um, and, yeah, he's back again to unpack all the the feelings around the closing of of Scott Steiner's Shoney's in uh in Ackworth, Georgia. But before we get to that, I did want to highlight some uh more positive things that did happen uh recently in the world of pro wrestling, specifically LGBTQ pro wrestling. Um granted like we've had some indie shows come back i think a number of companies uh gcw as well as beyond uh ran some shows on the uh the boardwalk there in atlantic city over the past couple of weeks um with some great moments you know leo rush coming back uh for a final match against joey janela um you know you saw i believe like willard yuda and uh lee moriarty had a outstanding match on that beyond show um, Alley Cat showing up again, Effie on the GCW show, just like everybody, it, it, those boardwalk shows have been pretty fun to watch. Um, but there's one show in particular that stood out to me, and that was, uh, last Friday's, uh, outdoor polycult party that Uncanny Attractions put on. Of course, Uncanny Attractions run by, uh, past guests of the show, M.B. Young and uh, Darnell Mitchell. Um, and this one was interesting <laughs> in a lot of ways, but in a, in a lot of fun ways. Um, you know, this was very DIY, um, very in the spirit, I feel, of, of what Uncanny likes to do sometimes. Um, just 
trying to it felt it really just felt like people trying to put on a show for for fun for friends you know there was a small little crowd in a in a backyard in Bushwick Brooklyn um and they got to see some some matches in a ring that you know there there are people that are criticizing the fact that they only had two ropes on the ring but I don't care like it it worked and it was fun um the matches were all around great. You know, Lee Moriarty showed up again, taking on uh, Ziggy Haim. That was, uh, or Z- Ziggy Haim, I apologize. <laughs> I didn't correct myself there. Uh, but they, good, hard-hitting, real technical f- match um, that really showcased uh, how adaptable Lee Moriarty can be. And this is my first time seeing Ziggy uh, Haim uh, wrestle, and uh, I want I want more. Um she is outstanding. Uh, a lot of good uh, selling, um, good offense, just all around, just very intense, and I, and I like that intenseness there. Um, but you also had like Pinky Sanchez show back up after the you know Kissy and I talked about him uh, at the Ringlight uh, Championship match against Simbi Young a few weeks back, and Pinky always is great. Big game Leroy was a nice surprise. Um, Nick Stapp and Bobby Orlando, I swear, I Bobby Orlando is somebody who I feel it's criminal that I haven't watched as much of his stuff, um, because every time I see him, he's thoroughly entertaining and he's great in the ring, um, but I just, I just, I, it's just a bummer because I, I, I want to, I want to see more of him, and I guess that's on me to seek that out. It definitely is on me to seek that out. Because Bobby and and Bobby Jr. are, are great, um, and then <laughs> have Nick Stapp show up late. <laughs> I don't show up late to the match, uh, and then the final spot being uh, I, there's this there's something about leaning into the goofiness that I really enjoy watching. I love watching technical matches as well. Like I I think there's not it's hard to put something on a pro wrestling show that I'm not, that I'm just going to like completely turn my back on. Um, but I will say like leaning into the goofiness of an understanding that pro wrestling has this sort of minutia to it. Um, and just going full ham with it, the way that Bobby and uh, Nick Stapp did with, uh, doing a table spot, uh, covered in Doritos um, as a weapon, <laughs> and 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 treating it with that level of importance of like thumbtacks or or a flaming table or something like that. Like it was just, ah, chef's kiss. I it was just great. I enjoyed it so much, um, and I got a good laugh out of it. And the match was thoroughly entertaining, um, and it was a great juxtaposition compared to. Uh, Billy Dixon and Erica Lee, um, a match for the uh, Fight Club Pro Wrestling uh, Chocolate City Championship, or as Billy refers to it, the Afro Continental Championship. Um, both names are great, <laughs> in my opinion. I, could, I I'm all over both of those. They're both outstanding. Um, but yeah, like uh, this one was hard hitting. Um, a lot of uh, a lot of trash talk, which. Par for the course with a Billy Dixon match. Um, 
Erica, I, I was glad to see her again. I had obviously there hasn't been a lot of wrestling since Butch versus Gore, but you know seeing Erica at Butch versus Gore and seeing the response that she got there, and then just seeing the same thing happen both in person as well as in the the chat on on Twitch that was watching the match to get behind Erica here. Um, granted, her taking that taking that shot from Billy uh, that looked like it broke her nose um, in that match and just fighting with, with blood coming out of her nose the entire rest of the of the match, for the majority of the match, I would say, really endeared her in a lot of way to a lot of people, I would say, um, and just, just knocked it out of the park. I think she was probably the person people were talking the most about other than maybe MB and Effie coming out of this. Um, like, it was just outstanding. Billy retains the title um, with help from the... <sighs> I swear, okay. I, the Bundertaker came back and the Bundertaker is slowly... I don't say... No, take that back. Not slowly. Quickly becoming one of my favorite uh, surprise pop-ups at Uncanny Attraction shows. So much so that I don't know if I should actually call it a surprise pop-up because anytime Billy Dixon is in a match, I just expect the Undertaker now. And the cahoots were confirmed in this match. So um, I'm I'm very excited to see what the next drags and drop kicks whenever Uncanny is able to run again. Um, hopefully before the end of the year, but more likely in 2021. Um, I'm for like a a major drags and drop kids show. I'm really excited to see where the storyline is going because the Undertaker's great, Hot Dog Starks, top notch stuff, um, and this pairing is is fabulous. Um, and then of course that lead, led into the main event with MV Young and Effie, um, hard hitting again, uh, a lot of a lot of trash talk again. Like the the last two matches had a lot of similarities, I would say. Um, just knock down, drag out fights. Uh, Envy and Effie, anytime they get in the ring together, it's, it's, uh, I don't, I feel like magic is cliche, but it, it comes, it comes across like two best friends working together and just going out there understanding that they're just going to beat the tar out of one another and then like, hug and kiss afterwards, and that's exactly what happened here. Envy Young and Effie just went toe-to-toe with each other for like a very uh, good amount of time, um, you know, along with the, the usual antics um, from both <laughs> included. Um, I will say, I keep getting thrown off every time I hear Envy Young come out to uh, that version of uh, I Touch Myself by the Divinals. Um, but every time I hear it, 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 it reminds me like, no, this is perfect for him. Uh, and this is great. Um, but yeah, I, I, I thought Envy Young retained the ring light championship coming out of that, obviously. Um, and yeah, like this was, it was just a fun little time. But you could tell it was like, it was small little bit of people there. Everybody was masked. I, I mean, yes, I don't know if this necessarily needed to happen, just because of everything that we're dealing with with COVID and everything, but you know, I feel like so many so many people are getting this like stir craziness about themselves, and and they took as many precautions as they could given like the le- the size and, and level of of uncanny, um, but like these are all people that are 
that actively have been treating this pandemic in the correct way. And I think that this felt like a little bit of a reward for that. I don't know if we're going to get anything else from, from Uncanny um, and right now as, as COVID is still running. But, yeah, that's all right because this was a, this was a good hour or so, hour little hour plus of fun. Also, rad to see Eddie McQueen show up <laughs> as the, the ring announcer uh, for a little while and get to see Darnell on, on camera for a little while there too. Um but yeah, like all in all, thoroughly enjoyed it, um, and look forward to seeing what the next uh, outdoor polycult party looks like, um, or anything else that Uncanny has up their sleeves uh, in this COVID wrestling world that we live in right now. Um, And there's one more thing I wanted to touch on before we move on to the conversation I have with Hollis. Um, and that is a, a congratulations and a bidding farewell to uh, Ariel Italic of the Nobodies. Um, you know, earlier this week, um, Ariel put up a video on the Nobodies YouTube channel basically announcing um, their exit from drag, which also means an exit from regularly appearing alongside uh, Lady Berica, Andrews, and DJ Accent Report, the rest of the nobodies. Um, I'm, you know, I don't know. It's interesting. I don't know. It, it's, it sucks. <laughs> it sucks. I was trying to find better words for it, but it sucks. Um, but completely understandable, you know. Um, Ariel definitely uh, has their reasons for this, and you know, I don't know them. I'm sure people close to to them know them, but you know, that's not necessarily for us to know right now. Obviously, there was something that was making drag not have that same feeling as before. Um, and you know, I'm sh knowing knowing Ariel, there is plenty. Uh, of artistic chop there and there's definitely something else some of the projects that that they will be moving on to um i don't know how this obviously this is going to change up the dynamic with the nobodies possibly but you know that's not for me to speculate on at this moment like they that's for them to find out and for us to you know learn about and understand as they as they decide what how to continue with with that uh with that group, but, um, no, I just wanted to say personally, um, the nobodies as a, as a group, um, were one that I stumbled on just perusing YouTube one day. And this is before I had the show. This is before I started, um, writing in earnest about pro wrestling, um, and specifically LGBTQ pro wrestling and seeing the nobodies, uh, channel, um, and a lot of their videos, uh, one hilarious stuff, love to watch all, all of them. Um, but they, they made me realize that, you know, this is a sphere of coverage that can exist. You know, there can be queer voices within the pro wrestling coverage, within pro wrestling critique, you know, and, you know, me being queer, um, obviously, like, I've written about stuff, and I've lent my voice, um, 
to cut to to critiquing coverage here and there, but it didn't really feel like um it was something that was that I you could really focus and do continuously until I saw them, and that I'll be frank like I had the idea for this podcast before I ever started writing for Outsports. Um, and it was because I saw the nobodies, and I'm like, okay, if they can, if they can do this, if they can do what they do, then there is space for a show like this, or for for a writer like me to be able to tell these stories and and to highlight the voices that we do. And I know I'm not the only queer writer within pro wrestling. I I know that. I mean, I've had a number of them on this show. A number of them are better than than me at this stuff and they've been doing it longer than me you know but to be able to feel empowered to to carve out this this space with that the show does um yeah i i owe it to the nobodies as initial inspiration and um it sucks to see ariel go but um best of luck with whatever you have coming up Next, I'm not going to say the future endeavor bullshit because I'm not making that joke here. <laughs> In all seriousness, though, um, good luck to you, Ariel, and uh, we'll see what what this next chapter of the Nobodies looks like going forward. Uh, with that said, let's get Hollis on the line here and talk about uh, Scott Steiner's hot bar. What's up, guys, guys, and non-binary pals? Welcome back to LGBT in the Ring. Um, and I'm very pleased to have a very close friend and, and uh, previous guest on the show come back once again, unfortunately, to talk about um, some rather bummer uh, news here in the wrestling and restaurant world. Let's be real. Um, the closing of the Scott Steiner Shoney's in Ackworth, Georgia. Um, I and hate when you even person, say it out loud. I, I know it's so it it's so hard to say as well. Um, but obviously that voice you hear, uh, my good friend and former Up Until Midnight uh, co-host Hollis Adler is back here to talk about this uh, very sad news in in the wrestling world. How are you uh, today, Hollis? <laughs> uh, you know, I, I I had almost forgotten that the Scott Steiner show needs in Ackworth, Georgia had closed until, until you reminded me, uh, on my way home. And it's just all, all those old feelings came back again. Yeah. I really, I feel like, I feel like one of like the, the side protagonists of a Stephen King book, like rediscovering like the trauma of my youth through some, through you know, some random latent trigger in the day. <laughs> God, like I just like, they uh like like someone said scott steiner shonies and i just heard i just heard screams in the distance the, i mean i uh they you're <laughs> not far off ahead. you're not far no. off honestly i mean this is something that whenever the news came down sunday that that it was closing uh for good that this is something that really struck a lot of wrestling twitter <laughs> honestly and and people were this was a strong conversation piece so much so that multiple websites covered it you know um, because it does have significance, and, and let's be real, like a lot of people, I think, 
in Ackworth and around that area, um, that metro Atlanta area, Cobb County area, kind of look at it as just like, oh, the Shoney's across the street from the Cabela's. But to a lot of people, that place was <laughs> simply – that place was like a pilgrimage in a lot of ways, you know, especially if you were like a diehard wrestling fan, especially in the South, or the WCW, Jim Crockett um, lineage there tied into the Scott Steiner's career like is oh huge yeah exactly so it made total sense if he was going to open up a Shoney's that had a shrine to himself within it it was going to be in the metro Atlanta area um and I don't know like I this was also particularly per, just like with you personally it hit me really hard because um that place has a some special significance to both of us. Um, whenever, whenever, before I moved out of Atlanta, um, and before you left Atlanta as well, like one of the last things that we did before I before I moved away was to convince our good friend uh, Travis, <laughs> who co-hosts the Mister Video Game Super Show with me, um, to co- to accompany us to the Scott Steiner Shoney's um, simply because it was a Shoney's owned by Scott Steiner. And I wasn't going to move away from Atlanta without going to the Scott Steiner Shoney's at least once. <laughs> oh, no, so, absolutely not. Like we yeah. were, you say convinced Travis, we were going to go, you and I were going to go. Oh, yeah. uh, Travis just happened to be hungry and could drive. So <laughs> like he, he got wrangled in. We did it's, force him um, to drive that night, didn't we? Yeah, we did. Well, because we we knew we were gonna be we we knew we were just gonna we were gonna be just totally emotionally cored by being in Scott Steiner's Shoney's. Exactly. No. Um. Obviously, like that that was a very like I guess endearing moment for 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 me. How did and and maybe you can speak to to that moment as well. But just what was your what are your feelings like initial feelings knowing that that it's gone now <laughs> and and um yeah i guess just how how are you feeling how did it hit you whenever you first found out well it's like you said like you and i have a connection to it in that we we both like we were we were having we were both having weird nights um and just for the for the listeners at home um we both i don't think i'm speaking out of turn here wonder boy when i say we're both we're both from podunk georgia towns like oh, yeah we are both from just absolute specs on the fucking map um and it it kind of happened you know that the tracks of our lives both led to us just absolutely abandoning the entire region of the nation we'd spent most of our lives in um and just each of us moving hundreds of miles in opposite directions so we were like we were excited and you know we were nervous and we were both having just like bad frustrated kind of anxious nights about like you know what our what our plans and lives and goals were and i just you know i remember very distinctly like you just being like in that very wonder boy kind of under the table kind of way like you know go to scott sanders shoney's i mean being like i absolutely want to go to scott Steiner's shoney's <laughs> the um because it had become it become a joke about where we wanted to go eat uh, for those of y'all who don't know geographically ackworth isn't everything is far in in especially in north georgia everything is at least 25 minutes away from everything else 
Yeah, I've gone um, on record. No matter Atlanta, what, Atlanta it, is the worst planned city ever. Oh yeah, it's just everything in Atlanta is twenty five minutes away from everything else in Atlanta, and you're gonna pass the big chicken twice on your way to wherever you're going. Yep. The um, we had always joked about going there. We never really did. Um, and finally, we were just like, let's do this. And uh, it was, uh, you know, let's, you know, listen <laughs> to <laughs> to those of you who never went. Let me assure you, it was uh, it like a Shoney's is. Um, I it's hard to no, it's not. It's not really hard to a Shoney's is basically a less chintzy Applebee's, but they have a buffet. Like they have a they have a breakfast f- buffet. Uh, like all hours of operation, there's a breakfast buffet. Uh, and if you buy anything else at Shoney's other than the breakfast buffet, you, you're a, you're an idiot. Like you you have failed. <laughs> try try to Shoney's again. You just don't don't even look at the menu. Just tell the waitress to bring you your pile of plates and not to make eye contact with you, <laughs> and just get your breakfast buffet. Um, I. I, like the first, the first thing I I kind of thought, uh, because you were the one that that informed me of the news, and it 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 floored me. Like it was, it it really felt like just this another little weird piece of our home was going away. And uh, North Georgia's been changing for quite a while now, and a lot of it for the better. But it still it still kind of sucks when a piece of that that weird pseudo childhood just kind of vanishes into the wind. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, for the longest time, like it was, like you said, like it was a bit of a of a of a jokiness to like talking about it in that way. I mean, let's be real. The the Steiners, both of the Steiner brothers, like treated it somewhat like tongue in cheek, like with whenever they released like the initial video after they bought the Shonies of them like taking a fucking like heavy machinery to the front door, like tearing it down <laughs> in a very comic comical video that's still up on YouTube somewhere. Um like I posted it on my Twitter account earlier this week. Um, but like they, they, they knew like they leaned into it. They're from the wrestling world. They know how to build up a, th- a thing and then be theatrical about something. Even if it is, we're opening up a Shoney's like one of the most just pedantic things, <laughs> but yet still somehow like culturally significant to that region specifically, because um, this doesn't, this doesn't just hurt because of Scott Steiner's Shoney's being gone, but this was like the last Shoney's in that area. Like if you go on and look, like I, I, before we started recording here, I went on just to double check and, and see it, how close the next one is. I didn't get pings until Nashville, Tennessee. Um, I could be wrong there, but I know for a lot of people in Georgia, like Shoney's was a, a gathering place for, in a lot of ways. I know, you know, we, you said earlier, we're both, we both grew up in like podunk Georgia towns, um, you know, and, Really, the Shoney's for me growing up was a place that, you know, families would gather after church and hit up that breakfast bar. And then I would play around. Yeah. No, I was literally like Shoney's was the was the kind of food and the kind of place you went after church. Yeah. And that's a weird 
It's it. There is. You're absolutely. Uh, that is. You took the words right out of my brain. I'm sorry. Please continue. Oh no, you're fine. You're fine. It's just like one of those things where like I had to put up with church to get to Shoney's. Is how I always looked yeah. at it as a kid. <laughs> <laughs> so like, was, and then like you, the Shoney specific to where I grew up in Moultrie. Um, I don't know how many other times Moultrie is going to get a shout out on a podcast network, but in in Moultrie, <laughs> um, growing up, the the Shoney's there had was one of the last places I remember having a cigarette vending machine and I didn't know that's what it was. So I would just play with it as a child, not knowing what it was until like my dad, like at some point he wouldn't tell me what it was, but just told me not to mess with it. <laughs> so it's just, it's just like it, this only like the one in Moultrie still had a smoking section for the, for a long time. And up until it closed, I think it still had a smoking section. So like, it's just one of those like cultural places that sticks out in your head, even if it is connected to, it can be connected to like some parts. Like I know, like I, tend to like laugh at my ex- experience with like religious institutions at this point but tossing out the church stuff like it was just a, a like a gathering place for the town in a lot of ways and you know knowing that that is disappearing as well it's like a piece of you know it's a piece of americana but it's much more of a piece of a regional like touchstone that's been that's fading away here as well i think i think americana is the right word but also like very much a piece of georgia and like don't get me wrong shoney's wasn't like an exemplar of good behavior or good food like like i said like like it was uh it was uh think of an applebee's now put a buffet in there now take a now like unbolt a bunch of the shit from the walls you're you're pretty close to a shoney's um and you know of course there were uh there was like there was class action lawsuits against them for racial discriminations in like the late 80s early 90s you know you know uh, who who I can't imagine anyone here being shocked that a that a southern company would have would have such a thing on their records, but um yeah abs- I you're absolutely like you I remember I remember like sitting in my uncomfortable church clothes like all I got to do is survive this and I get those French toast sticks like <laughs> all I got to do is survive an hour and a half in these very uncomfortable slacks. It's mm. it is it, it is a piece of Georgia. You're absolutely right. You know, I remember it, it, you would see uh, Shoney's was the kind of thing you would see a little ways from the interstate exit, like something that was on the edge of your town before, like you know, before the throughway to take you to some other person's neck of the woods. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's especially in uh, you know where. Uh, you know georgia especially north georgia is so heavily dictated by the interstate oh yeah like that's you it's it's also one of those things on southern car trips where you would you know when you saw like the the half mile high signs coming up to tell you what was off the interstate exits you'd be looking for shonies because you were you were for some reason jonesing for scrambled eggs with cheese in them that had been sitting for two hours. <laughs> it's a very it's a very unique bouquet of flavors. I need the jiggle eggs. Yeah, you need you gotta have those jiggle eggs. Like mm-hmm. if they don't if they're if they're too runny to jiggle, they haven't been sitting long enough. You need to put those under the heat lamp again. Exactly. <laughs> you know you know Shoney's eggs because they were prepared in a large rectangular like 
like heat vestige thing. So like you know, you know you were getting Shoney's eggs when they had like a point on them. When there was like when you got like a squared edge. That was the good part of the Shoney's. That meant you got you just got the hot stuff. That meant you were in business. Um it it really it was it was I it was kind of nice food for people who didn't have a lot of money. Like it was, you know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. it was nice food. If you didn't go out for food very often. Um, and there were times in my family's history where, you know, that was true. Um, and I, I remember Shoney's in those moments. I absolutely remember a cigarette machine being next to the claw machine full of Shoney bears. Oh, and, uh, no one, no one trusted that Shoney bear. Like that Shoney bear, <laughs> it looked I, too much like Teddy Ruxpin. It looked like you know he he looked like the he looked like the shiftier cousin of like the sugar crisp bear. Mm. The um, like, uh, and the and the sugar crisp bear already looks kind of high. So I don't know how much you trust in the sugar the the, the sugar crisp or the golden crisp golden crisp bear. <laughs> the um. But yeah, nobody liked those Shoney bears, and no one could get them. No, like it, it was the weird thing. It's that's the weird nature of claw machines. They never have anything you want, but you want to get it just to spite the claw machine. <laughs> it's a. How do you think they keep pulling pulling in all that money? Yeah, exactly. Like it's it's so unfair <laughs> to your to like your brain. The um, I, and it's also it's, I mean, I guess. That covers the the Shoney's part of it. Like, so the, here's the thing. Like, you got to break down the whole thing. It's Scott Steiner Shoney's in Ackworth, Georgia. So I guess, like, explaining why the Shoney's part is is important. I guess the next natural step is why Scott Steiner is important. <laughs> well, I mean, obviously, he has a very lengthy and memorable wrestling career. That's that's a major thing tying him, uh, tying him to uh, people's memories in a lot of ways, but you know, a lot of that is specific to Southern wrestling. You know, I mean, I would say the Steiners, both Scott and Rick, made their names uh, working for Southern promotions, most notably uh, Jim Crockett Promotions, and then into WCW. You know, um, I know that. They're they're they basically are um, like seminal figures in WCW um, for for this, most of its tenure um, until its demise in two thousand one, and you know with that company being located in in Atlanta or being headquartered in Atlanta rather, um, it it really tied the Steiner brothers to that area in a way that is still celebrated today, which I think ties into why the Scott Steiner Shoney's had the reputation that it had from the get go. Yeah, absolutely. I, um, we were talking about this a little before the show. And, um, one of the things that might be hard, um, depending on where you're from, one of the things that might be hard to understand is like what wrestling is in Georgia. Um, at least for, and I know that sounds weird, but like, I'm, I mean, specifically from like the eighties, right up to like 2000, 2001, what wrestling was in Georgia. Um, 
because that's still a that's still an era that lives in that lives in memory like that's that's what we remember when we think back to like what wrestling was as kids no it definitely does i mean even going back further into like the 70s with the with the georgia championship wrestling you know being really the the starting point for for that love affair with the atlanta north north middle georgia area and the pro wrestling industry that that's really the spawning point of it because Georgia Championship Wrestling, you know, Ole Anderson, um oh god, I'm losing his name. Um Jim Barnett. Um like those are without those people like that that were running Georgia Championship Wrestling at the time and were, their ability to land a spot on the Superstation on TBS and like that one that was one of the major factors in pro wrestling going starting to turn mainstream in a lot of ways because of the just the the bandwidth of of the superstation and and its reach uh, nationwide um and then that kind of morphing into like the popularity of Jim Crockett promotions on on TBS as well and keeping Ted Turner invested in pro wrestling and the, that ultimately pushing him to buy JCP and turn it into WCW you know like without like the, there's a long lineage um, in the in the area, and I think that you know while it, it's n- maybe not as strong right now. I know it's gotten a, a good beefing with the AEW coming about because of um, you know Cody being at, at the forefront of that company um, and really like taking some of the lessons that he learned from from his dad to heart uh, that speak to some of the some of the like foundations that that you learn from. The, the presentation of companies like Georgia Championship Wrestling and Jim Crockett Promotions. Um, like, you're starting to see it still there in Atlanta. You still get that feeling sometimes. But so much of the Atlanta scene still looks to the the 80s and, and even the late 70s as, like, when wrestling really mattered in that region, more so than and it is now. Ab- absolutely. And it's it's not hard to see why. Like to give you the to give your listeners the idea of like what GCW wrestling was like, all you have to do is look at the people who started there or worked there heavily before WCW, and you see real quick, like Ole Anderson owned a chunk of GCW. Like you've got Abdullah the Butcher, you've got Hacksaw Jim Duggan, Ted DB fucking Ossie. Like, uh, Nature Boy Ric Flair wrestled under GCW. Terry Funk wrestled under uh, GCW. Hulk Hogan, Junkyard Dog, like, Rowdy Roddy Piper at some point. Dusty Rhodes, of course Dusty Rhodes. You were, you were just talking about Cody. And, and like, um, you, there's, you know, uh, there's no doubt that, I mean, you're absolutely right um, with Cody and uh, sort of taking um some lessons from like his family's history with how wrestling promotions works that goes back to uh, the GCW era like it's like when you think of like the great wrestlers of you know I'd say like the mid 80s through the early 90s you're thinking of GCW wrestlers like there's no doubt in my mind at least make a list of 10 of the greatest wrestlers of that era. At least five of them will have wrestled in the GCW. 
Mm -hmm. Um, It's, and what sort of, uh, uh, again, you and I were talking about this beforehand and why it's so hard. Wrestling in Georgia, you didn't see, you didn't just see wrestlers on TV. Like wrestlers were in your, your elementary school talking to you about like sportsmanship or like exercise and how important those things were. Like, you know, everyone, everyone wanted to go to that assembly. You know what I mean? Like, oh yeah. The um, wrestlers would show up on the, on the, you know, the, you mentioned the superstation wrestlers would show up on the, the local, the local commercials. Um, I'm pretty sure at one point, um, carpets of Dalton made a joke with Wolfman and Donna being wrestlers. <laughs> um, if you listen, listen for anyone listening, who's got some free time, during the quarantine if you don't know what the carpets of dalton commercials are you need to go to youtube you need to put in carpets dalton and hey ask for the wolfman you gotta you gotta ask for the wolfman um you like if you if you ever want to send like a like a like a north georgia kid into a like a tiny tunes flashback like play a carpets of Dalton uh, commercial around them. Uh, it's the easiest way to do it. Um, like wrestlers, this is all to say wrestlers were wrestlers were the celebrities that walked among us in Georgia, um, and that they showed up at like your your Friday night football games, and they'd get called out by the announcer, you know, and like that was that kind of stuff was huge it was and the you know uh the that that kind of presence in you know in the in the area they had you know they they sort of worked and and entertained in there's a direct line to that and someone like Ted Turner deciding you know what needs to go on my my ad hoc slapdash group of I guess national television stations wrestling. Like there's I you know, without that kind of presence in Georgia, you would Ted Turner wouldn't, I don't think, would have made the decision to put like so much primetime wrestling on super stations uh, across the country. Mm-hmm. No, I I mean I completely agree with you on that. I mean, without seeing the reach that it had and, and the cultural significance that it had. I mean, let's be real, like Ted Turner felt that cultural significance himself. Like he, like Ted Turner I don't think would have bought WC bought, bought JCP and turned it into, into WCW if not for a passion for it. You know? And that just really speaks more like so much so to how it has um impacted the region there like if ted turner feels that passion like the rest of that area is going to feel that passion just the same in a lot of ways um and it it kind of brings us back to the scott center shonies in a way because like that the scott center shonies is kind of a melding of both of these of these worlds both of these pieces that feel very similar to how um the like pop culture developed in georgia specifically and and i think that's one reason why this one did hurt as much as it did um because it's two pieces that stand out in your mind of of that 
influence that are now gone. Like, I mean, yeah, it's, it, Sony's a corporation. I mean, not Sony. Uh, Shoney's is a corporation. Shoney's is a business that has many other locations throughout, blah, blah, blah. Like, they're, they're doing whatever they are, and we don't sit here and bemoan corporations the same way that we bemoan people in that way. But at the same time, it does suck. Like it still feels like part of what you grew up with is is fading away, and especially like, you know, it's it in in an odd way it kind of speaks to mortality. <laughs> yeah, no, you're not wrong. I and this is, um, if you're trying to wrap your head around like why the Scott Steiner show and he's in Ackworth, Georgia is such a big deal, uh, another another piece of the puzzle might help is Scott Steiner himself was yes. not. I like the um I will always remember him as the as the son of a bitch who who tried to pick uh, too many fights with Diamond Dallas Page because I was I was a Diamond Dallas Page kid through and through like <laughs> Diamond Dallas Page had that like what I understand now I I understand now that I like Diamond Dallas Page for the same reason I like Dusty Rhodes and for the same reason I like to hate you know Ted DiBiase was because they were like they were like, you know what makes for good for good wrestling heat? The uh, econ- economic inequality. That's 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 what makes for good <laughs> wrestling heat. Uh, Scott Steiner was he was like I will always I will always in my head a attri- like attach him to the the Russo and Bischoff era. Yeah. Um, the um you know, his, his betrayal of, of his brother, Rick Steiner at, at super brawl. And, yeah. You know, that transition a, into big Papa pump. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. You know, when he, he joined the insidious NWO, <laughs> the, and he's, uh, and like big Papa pump was, was definitely like, I remember, I remember thinking, Oh, that's a ridiculous gimmick. You're like, who, who could take this guy seriously? But like, that was kind of the point. Like, dude, dude wore a wore a chainmail hat. <laughs> like, <laughs> he knew he was in on the joke. <laughs> like, oh god, no! Like, you're you're spot on in in that way. Like, I think that that was really a. Honestly, I think that was probably one of the more freeing things that would have happened that happened for him in his career. Like, obviously, like the Steiner brothers as a tag team, legendary. Big Papa Pump is like a complete reinvention that still that stands on its own in near the same like celebratory status in a lot of ways. Like, yes, the character itself was problematic to fuck, you know, <laughs> like in, yeah, in oh, terms yeah. of like oh, looking that's... at looking at like conduct and everything like that and stuff like that. But at the same time it spoke so much just to the ridiculousness of pro wrestling in a way like the over the topness um, in that, in, in a way that let everybody be in on the, the joke, but also be able to respect like Steiner's ability. Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, the, um, he, he was kind of the perfect heel um, or at least like the, he he was the perfect kind of uh like muscle bound heel. I mean I mean I mean I remember his rivalry with Buff Bagwell over like who who was more cut. And then and then of course Big Papa Pump when he turned evil 
you know, teamed up with Buff Backwell. Yes. To, some of the, the best twin, stuff on Nitro ever. Oh, oh, absolutely. The, the twin meatheads of the NWO. Like, <laughs> and that's what you kind of like. And I, you know, I, I never, I've never met the guy. I, I can't say. Um, I, I probably, you know, I wouldn't know him from Adam unless, you know, I, I noticed he was wearing his chainmail hat. <laughs> the, but it's, it's, is it's kind of, uh, it's, it's, it's perfect in a very Georgia kind of way that it's Scott Steiner and Scott Steiner might not be the biggest name wrestling's ever produced. But like in Georgia, yeah, you know who Scott Steiner is. You know, Big Papa Pump used to be part of the Steiner Brothers. Like, like, oh, like, and of course you want to go to his Shoney's because it's Scott Steiner's Shoney's. Like, he's Georgia, at least in the early 2000s, like, and I would say to a certain extent up through like today, has kept that kind of small town feeling towards wrestlers as celebrities. Like, Oh yeah, there are. There are there are celebrities. Like they're just, you know, they're they're down home guys who like to beat the crap out of each other in a huge square. They're they're ours. They're they're they're, they're simple celebrity folk. <laughs> I mean, let's let's be real. Like a lot of people that from that era that still live in the area are very ingrained in that community too. I mean, you know, Scott obviously had the Shonies there, but Rick is on the school board in Cherokee County. Like, oh, yeah. like, like, this is not just like a, a ploy. Like, obviously, this is capitalizing on your persona in that way, but it's also just like being part of the community that you live in too. Uh, I mentioned uh, Diamond Dallas Page before his uh, his business, a DDP Yoga, I believe, is is headquartered out of Atlanta. Yeah, it said in Smyrna. like Smyrna. Yeah, God, Smyrna. I hadn't thought of Smyrna in forever. I know, right? Um. The, but that's that's kind of exactly what I mean. Like they're they are they are the community celebrities who are part of the community. Um, and that's for better or for worse. Because in a lot of cases it's better, in a lot of cases it's worse. Like we don't, yeah. You know, this is a you know this is a wistful look back at, at times gone by. But that that is not to say that like wrestling doesn't get less problematic as shit just because you're nostalgic for it which you know of course yeah exactly i mean we talked about ole anderson earlier and ole anderson raging racist so like oh yeah yeah like he was an enormous racist both in in racist disposition and body mass index <laughs> the um but like it's like um I mentioned Ted DiBiase, who uh, lived in, he's from Florida. I think he lives further west now, like Louisiana or Mississippi. But yeah, he, he was, um, like he lived out in, uh, uh, in Georgia for a while. Um, uh, Big Boss Man lived in Georgia for, uh, I, I remember running into Big Boss Man and just being floored. Um, well, I mean, Cobb County, Georgia was not a gimmick for him. <laughs> no, yeah, Cobb County was where that dude was from. If you have spent more than ten minutes in Cobb County, you'd be like, you know, I bet this place could produce a a really a really good heel wrestler with a cop gimmick. <laughs> like, I'm sorry, like then them's the breaks. 
Uh, like, you're not. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. The um, but it's it. Like I guess, I, Scott Steiner's gonna be fine. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. But the idea of a um, a wrestler, um, a wrestler's business going under in Georgia is even if they're going to be fine, even if there are a lot worse things going on in the world, there's a part of you that's like, oh, that's not good. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It feels like some, like, it it feels like a business that you grew up next to is going down. Like, because in many ways you did. You, you did, gr- you grew up, if you grew up in Georgia, and you cared at all about wrestling, you grew up next to it. Like, that's just, that's how it went. Yeah. I have to imagine that this, <laughs> I, I, I have to imagine that this podcast is completely and totally untranslatable to non-North Georgia weirdos. <laughs> well, that's the thing. Is like, we, like, yes, yeah, Scott Snyder feels very, like, North Georgia in that way, but, like, he's also, like, an international superstar. He resonates with a lot of people. You know, there's a reason why he's been able to stay on the tip of people's tongues, even like now coming up on like the better part of a decade being removed from full time wrestling. You know, like he he left a mark and so much so that it while the that trip to to Ackworth was much shorter for us, w- there are plenty of people that have come there from much longer distances just because of the Scott Steiner name, just to get a glimpse at the shrine that had the big gold belt that he had and all of the pictures of himself showing off his peaks for all his freaks. Um, that was over there in behind the, I believe it was behind the bar. Um, <laughs> so like, like it was still a drawing thing for a lot of people that had this, this relationship with pro wrestling and a relationship with, uh, you know, the presentation of Scott Steiner to be able to come. And, you know, while while we did not get to meet the man whenever we went, um, he was not there. The people that have gone there when he was there, like he's basically said that he's like the nicest of guys. Like he's he's just, you know, he's very much that community oriented dude who is there to just like willing to talk to people about the stuff that's in the shop and and talk about, you know, some of his experiences and just, you know, he welcomes it. He welcomes the, the recognition and, and he welcomes the, the attention that it brings. Obviously it's going to bring people there to pay money to eat onion rings and breakfast bar, but also it brought people there to celebrate something that he spent the better part of his life building. Uh, it's, it's, um, and this is, um, like, again, this is, this is not to say that Scott Steiner is um, is some golden glittering icon of of good behavior. Exactly. There have been, yeah, there have been problems. Um, you know, there have been like he is he is no joke. Hit people, put them in the hospital. He has gone to like he is not he has gotten in trouble legally for those things. He's been on probation because of those things. Um, the, um, but to a lot of people who, like I said, to, to whom Shoney's is, is expensive, good 
once in a while food, like a guy they watched on TV wrestling, like just being a cool dude to them while they're having their, you know, once in a while as a treat kind of food and, and, you know, alcoholic beverages. That's a, I mean, that's a changer. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I know exactly what you mean. Like, it's one of those things where like, even if I hadn't lived 20 minutes away from it, I would have, I would have hopped in that car for like a few hours. Check it out. Yeah. I reminded me and, and uh, a good buddy of mine, Eddie, um, back in like, I want to say 2008, found out we there was some like trivia. I don't even remember. It was like a, it was like a, it was like a lemonade lid that was like, oh, you know, the closest, the closest White Castle to Atlanta, Georgia is, is, you know, is 248 miles away in Tennessee. And we're like, okay, well, we're taking that as a challenge. And we just drove to White Castle one day. Like the um, so don't don't tell me you know I wouldn't have gone to Scott Steiner Shoney's in Ackworth, Georgia. <laughs> exactly. No. Um, and obviously, like Scott's already said that there's plans uh, in place to at least he's he's working on opening up a sports bar. Um, post the, the show and he's closing so like we said before scott's scott steiner is going to be okay uh, i'm curious to see what that that new business like how it, it takes shape and 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 how uh scott brings that his his own personal legacy to that um as well as setting up something that can ingratiate itself to a, to the community in that way um but it's it's still it some it just doesn't feel like it has the same heart in in some ways it, and I'm not saying that it won't but it just right now in in the moment that we're in it just doesn't feel the same and like part of it's never you know we talked about Georgia Championship wrestling um that's never like. There, you and I have talked uh, many times over the years, um, and I have said to you before. I think you know, in in utter earnestness, when I said it, but like I, you know, said to you, like nothing like the GCW is ever going to exist ever again. And then, of course, up you walk to me a few years later, talking about Ring of Honor this, you know, and and you know, uh, indie league that, no, 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 no. Um, so like and. I say this to say, you know, things go away and it's okay to be like sad about the specific thing passing, but there's always, you know, like Georgia championship wrestling going away, you know, there were always, there were always going to be weird. There's always going to be enough weirdos that want to get together and slap each other around in a square that there's going to be like indie wrestling circuits. I don't know if there'll ever be one as like, world shatteringly like game changing as the GCW. Mm-hmm. Like there's always there's always gonna be kind of okay restaurants that you're weirdly attached to because you went after church. But like Shoney's was ours. Yeah. There's always something that evolves from that with a part of that spirit. Um no matter what realm you're in in that way, but still makes you still makes you look around and be like, ah, oh, this other thing was pretty cool too. 
yeah, I the there's not the world that exists tomorrow exists only knowing Scott Steiner Shoney's of Ackworth, Georgia as a as a legend. <laughs> um a legend that has no hope of living up to any level of hype. By the way, for listeners who have noticed who have perhaps noticed that we've glossed over our actual experience at Scott Steiner Shoney's of Ackworth, Georgia, it was all right. It's pretty good. Yeah. Like yeah. Yeah. C plus B minus. I, yeah. I'd lean more towards B minus, but like that was, it was a, it was a yeah. breakfast bar. That was cool. Yeah, I got yeah, I got my I got my square eggs. I got my 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 overcooked French toast sticks. I I I drazzled maple syrup over everything on my plate. Um, I I slept for five hours after eating there. Yeah, it's pretty good. <laughs> pretty good time. <laughs> The uh, it was it was made better by the fact that I didn't have to wear uncomfortable church pants beforehand. That's pretty mm-hmm. great. I had never been able to enjoy Shoney's Sans church pants. <laughs> by the way, if I ever wrestle, my heel name is Sans church pants. <laughs> I'll mark it down in the in the notebook here. Yeah, please. Where we Next put all, all of the other names. different wrestling names <laughs> that we've talked about in the past. Did you do it? <laughs> along, um, with everyone, along with everyone's favorite Edsel Algar. Yep, there you go. Hard Times Express. Hard Times Express. Like <laughs> I <laughs> that and like the bullshitting about coming up with terrible wrestling names at a Shoney's at ten o'clock at night, gorging yourself on breakfast food, surrounded by wrestling kitsch that's North Georgia. Like, that is... Take a picture of that. You've explained North Georgia. You could put that picture in an encyclopedia next to Georgia, comma, North. <laughs> and that is a picture that is going to last uh, forever in my brain now. Um, mainly because we can't recreate it, but also because uh, it, it holds a special place. Um, Hollis, any any final thoughts on... Uh, the closing of Scott Steiner Shoney's. I I hope that us finding a way to talk about and laugh at the closing of our Scott Steiner Shoney's of Ackworth, Georgia, um, helps you at all conjure in your head your own Scott Steiner Shoney's of Ackworth, Georgia. I I hope if it helped at all that that it I hope that it did help at all. Um. I, I hope that what you got from this rambling diatribe between the two of us was how fun it is, even when something is gone, to remember that you had it. Um, and I, I hope that it, it inspires anyone who listened to this to text their friend about some weird diner they used to love going to at 2 a.m., and how terrible and wonderful it was like that's you know that's that's kind of the you know the 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 flavor of hope i have for this conversation we just had (laughs) how about you i mean it's honestly the main thing that's going to stick out for me is our trip in a lot of ways because like not just because of this this the fact that it is what it is you know in terms of like the location and everything that's in there and all the the history of like you know as ingrained as wcw is in my brain like seeing all this stuff seeing scott steiner's stuff there 
knowing like just the feeling of being in there and knowing where you're at and and whose influence reigns over this place <laughs> in a lot of ways is it was interesting to me um and but really just how that ties into us and, and our trip there and, and what it meant in terms of like being one of the last um like things to check off the list before leaving atlanta you know like that it, that that will rank equally as high as the fact that it was scott Snyder shoney's was the fact that that i went there with close friends uh before setting off on new journeys that have brought me to hosting a podcast where i can talk about scott steiner shoney's with my friend who went to scott steiner shoney's with me so <laughs> like it's just it all ties in together and i, and I just it's the memories will, will will always be there and that's that's what i hold on to coming out of this uh personally so yeah so no more is does scott steiner have your hookup for uh for jiggle eggs but um Please, someone go to that parking lot and just scream holler if you hear me for me because I can't do it myself. Um, I mean, we could, but it would it would it, the the cost to benefit ratio is pretty pretty out there. Yeah, I'm not getting on an airplane right now. Fuck that. <laughs> like, like, look, I have I have wistful hey. memories of things from my past. Not enough to put me on a fucking like tube where people are apt to not wear their masks yeah. right now. No, yeah, no, thanks. I'll stay out of your cough cylinder. I'm good. Mm. Exactly. <laughs> well, Hollis, where can people find you on the internet? Uh, on my, I, we, were, we were talking about this with Slacker. Um, pretty much the only place y'all can find me right now is my Twitter. But unless you want to see me uh, retweet butts, uh, racial and social justice like retweets, um, or talk with like five or six specific people about Chris Claremont's run on the X-Men. That's about it. That's about all I do on Twitter right now. I need to get back on the internet. More importantly, where can people find more and listen more? Uh, listen to more Wonder Boy? That's the good question. Well, I, I, I will plug that at the end of the show like I always do. But uh, you can <laughs> I, I will plug Outsports.com. Because that's always a fun place to go to to check out cool stuff uh, about all sports, not just wrestling, but still wrestling. So mainly, look, look, look we're going to be real with you. It's mainly wrestling. No, no, no. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> oh, no. Please don't quote me on that. Please don't. No. You're fun. You're good. <laughs> Thanks, Alice. This, this joke was not brought to you by Scott Stashenis of Ackworth, Georgia. My thanks once again to Hollis for for coming on the show and, and talking about our experiences and and the importance of uh, the now defunct uh, Scott Steiner Shoney's. Um, yeah, it was a fun trip down memory lane there. Um, even if it was talking about something that is a bummer, but um, you know we'll see what happens uh, there and 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 how things work out with uh, Scott Steiner's new sports bar uh, whenever that actually comes to fruition. Um, we'll see, though. Um, but nothing will ever uh, take the place of that big old wall of muscle. <laughs> Just muscle and gold uh, right there next to the jiggly eggs and the salad bar. You'll be missed. God, 
it's still so weird even saying I don't I hate making that joke. I really do. But it feels good to laugh about stuff. Um especially when I'm watching an ambulance drive down my street. Hooray. Um that's gonna do it for us here this week. Um oh actually before I do that, since Hollis never wants to talk about um his Twitter account in for realsies, I'm gonna throw it out there for you. If you want to follow Hollis, he's at yesterday bad guy on Twitter. Follow him, love him to death. It's fun. He does tweet a lot of butts though. Just a heads up, or a butts up. Um, anyway, let's say thank you to some fun people that make this show possible and get out of here for the week, shall we? Uh, the Progress Pride flag designed by Daniel Quasar is a product of Progress Initiative. You can find out more at quasar.digital. And of course, a big thank you to Sarah in the Safe Word for the show's theme song, Formula 666. It's off the album Red Hot and Holy. You can find them on Twitter at STSWBand. And you can check out their music on Spotify and Bandcamp at sarahinthesafeword.bandcamp.com. Real quick, uh, happy birthday wishes to Sarah. Sarah's birthday was uh, this past week as well. Um, happy birthday. I have your sack of bees waiting for you. There are so many in-jokes on this show this week. I apologize <laughs> to all of you. Um, if you want to follow me on Twitter, you can follow at WonderboyOTM. You can follow the show on Twitter at LGBTRingPod. Um, and, of course, if you're into video games, I do co-host a uh, gaming news show every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific, over on twitch.tv slash Entertainment sun like the star uh the show is called the mr video game super show um you know we run through the week's gaming news over the course of a couple hours and have some fun while also offering critique and analysis here and there um it's a good time my other buddy travis who co-host that show with me was the third wheel on the scott steiner shoney's trip and we had a little a little chat about that on on this week's episode so that's always fun to check out monday eight p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific, over at twitch.tv slash deadsunentertainment. Um, and I think that might be it. That might be it for this week, I think. Um, come back next week. It's going to be just as much fun. Um, definitely less talking about um, the breakfast bar, or any breakfast bar in general, but still be fun. But until then, y'all stay messy. Wash your hands, wear your mask, and a big shout out to all of my Miami Dale fans out there. Six, six, six.